Welcome to Hot Off the Press, a podcast that provides knowledge and emotional support for new and aspiring printers. I'm Jillian of Studio Soprano. And I'm Mariah of Mariah Creates, and we are two letterpress printers who believe in sharing our knowledge and learning together. We're here to help bridge the gap between antique printing methods and modern design. So hang up your apron, put down those palette knives, and let's get into what's hot off the press. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to Hot Off the Press. I'm Mariah of Mariah Creates, and I'm here with my fantastic fellow Princewoman, Jillian of Studio Soprano. Today, we're covering a topic that we have seen discussed so many times on Facebook groups, other forums, on social media in general, um, which is printing on cardstock, aka non 100% cotton paper, which is the kind of standard for letterpress printing. So um, super excited to talk about this because we've both uh, tried and uh, had different results with different types of uh, cardstock. So we'll talk a little more about what we found worked, what the differences were like, and how to get the most out of whatever you're printing on. Yeah. I'm (laughs) sorry. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Excellent. Excellent. Here yeah. we are. <laughs> Sorry. My brains immediately started thinking I now have a metal die and all I could think about is how do you put a metal die in your press? But we'll talk about that later. I'll bring it oh, up Oh, got it. Okay. So I really love this because obviously <laughs> cotton paper, the colors options are so limited. Lame. Yeah. Bless. Bless Gmund or Gmund, however you choose to say it, but bless them for like making a strong effort and launching a cotton line that has a couple more colors. I was going to say, isn't it only three? But they're still more than what... uh, Beige and the blue are way prettier than cranes, I will say. Like the blue is way more attractive than the baby blue of cranes cotton. Right. Um, But And the pink in cranes cotton is like... It's only pink if you put it next to white. It gives me a toothache. It is so, (laughs) so incredibly sweet looking that I'm just like, there would never be a project that I would do where that color would be applicable. I definitely feel like, um, so the, like the cranes cotton line, like their colors to me are just so, I picture like 1990s Catholic confirmations for like babies for pink (gasps) and blue. Like they're, they're like such a traditionalist baby pink, baby blue, that's it. Like there's no other, like I can't find in my head another application for like those two, especially when they're like together. It just looks so like, you know, shopping at a baby store. But um, yeah, I do think that Gmund, I, I think it's Gmund, I don't know. Uh, their beige is pretty great. I really like whatever that color is called. Um, but yeah, I, I have agree. not printed on that myself. So I can't attest to the level I have. of that cotton, but yeah, do you I like have. it? I like, yeah, I liked it. So, but yeah, this is what we're here to talk about is like the experimentation of it. Mariah and I have both played around with um, different kinds of papers, but like the question is how much bite can you get into a colored cardstock or like, what are you sacrificing by using a color cardstock? Because if you weren't sacrificing anything, then like there would just never be a conversation, right? Yeah. Why even use cotton then? Yeah. Cause it's more expensive, right? So cotton yeah. is so expensive. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the big question is, can you get a deep impression on cardstock? And the answer is definitely yes, you can. 
Um, the level of impression is going to vary uh, with so many different things. And that has a lot to do with what equipment you're on, what type of you know form you're printing with, the thickness of the paper that you're working with, and any like coating on that paper is all to be considered um, when it comes to impression and just like general ink you know, application and all of that too. So we always recommend, you know, experimenting with different paper and things yourself to see what you like, uh, because everyone's entitled to their own opinions. And Jillian and I have both had varied experience with some of the same things, overlapping things. So, um, you know, I personally think like just having a preset, like, like stack of random papers near your press, when you're finishing up a job, just try a couple of them in different ink colors and things and see what works, what doesn't. Um, so that's what I like to do, just especially if you're starting out um, or still learning to experiment with some of those non-traditional, you know, cardstocks, um, that could be that could be a fun way to do it. It's literally like if you already have the press inked up and you already have a form registered, just try it out. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be a perfect print, but at least you'll see, you know, how does opaque white translate to a darker cardstock? How does, uh, you know, this photopolymer plate print on 120 pound regular cardstock? That kind of thing. So um yeah. yeah. Plus the the density of the artwork. Like if you happen to totally. be printing a job that has a lot more artwork on it and that's not something you print regularly, like I would highly recommend, you know, grabbing any kind of paper that you have around you and seeing how that translates because the more dense your artwork is, the more you have to, you know, the more pressure you have to apply to get a deeper impression. Yeah. Um, if you could get one at all, like there's definitely been jobs that I've done that on a plat and press, like that level of artwork, unless it's broken down into different plates is just not going to have a deep impression. Yeah. Like it's just not going to happen. Definitely. So, um, <clears throat> experimenting with the colored cardstock in those situations too, to see how that, how they play out will give you the information you need to communicate that to your client. Because really, the essence of why people are asking these questions is because they don't want to get caught doing a project for someone and disappointing them, right? Yeah. Like, if someone is looking at your Instagram and they're seeing this letterpress and you almost exclusively print on um, Savoy or Cranes and you have deep impressions and then they order something that needs, like, Pop Jones Razzleberry. <laughs> <laughs> And, My fave. Uh, yeah, and then and they get their work, and it's not quite the same. Um, you know that they may be disappointed in it. Well, but if and you know how it prints, then you could tell them like this is what we would need to do yeah. to achieve that, or like these are the limitations we have. Totally, and also like other things to consider in this in this like vein of thought or this this you know, I think I guess vein of thought is the right phrase um, mm -hmm. is like. You know whether the back of the paper is important to you how much bruising shows and show through is going to be okay and how much it's not if you're mixing and matching you know a colored cardstock piece that's letter pressed with a hundred percent cotton invitation for example um those things are definitely you know to be considered and there is you know some there's going to be variance but you know knowing how to temper that with your client is i think the key to this whole question just like you said you know people are asking this question because they want to make sure to correctly convey expectations to their client um, okay. So yeah. let's talk, let's do pros and cons and then, um, go back to the photo thing. Does that sound good? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um, some general pros and cons of using cardstock for letterpress. So, um, I'll talk, I'll do the, I'll do the pros. You can do the cons. How's that sound? Okay. Sounds great. Um, so definitely some advantages, uh, like 
cost <laughs> and just availability. <laughs> like one cardstock can be less expensive. Sometimes that has to do with the fact that it's just thinner than like 110 pound cotton paper, but also can just be le- like generally less expensive. There are also so many more color options. Um, if you're looking for anything that's not white, you're pretty much SOL when it comes to cotton. Uh, like you heard us talk about the pink and the blue and the beige, but um those are like literally also, there's only like four colors I can think of. There's like an aqua, like greenish color. There's blue, pink, mm-hmm. another blue and beige between cranes and uh, Gamund. Yeah. I think those are, I, oh, is there a black one? I think there's a black crane. Yeah, there is a black. So I guess, and which, is, which is great black... for those of us who letterpress because that's completely <laughs> useless to us. <laughs> there's a black that's duplex to white as well. Oh, yeah. Standard offering. Um from cranes i'd like to see a job done on that because i don't understand what it's used for cranes light blue uh, probably for business cars maybe like foil on one mm-hmm. side letterpress print on the other Interesting. i could see that then you yeah um but yeah the blue is the is their light aqua and it is just so robin robin's egg oh yeah that's pale right. um is there powder a gray blue? too there is a gray. Okay. There is a light gray. And I will say this, the light gray is a very nice shade of gray. Yeah. I it's apologize. a little bit on the green side. I apologize. I was incorrect. There is white and pearl white <laughs> and accru and pink and blue and gray and black. And then Gamund has beige and blue as well as white, right? But the yeah, and the Gamund blue is precious. It's, it's really a cute. very beautiful. It's like blue. it's a little yeah. more French blue, a little more like dusty blue than the like the saturated blue of cranes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So lots of color options, much more readily available. Most of your paper stores are gonna have some kind of cotton of some kind of cardstock. Not a ton of paper stores are gonna carry cotton paper. Um, and it's definitely less expensive. So those are definitely the advantages to using cardstock uh, in your job. And then the cons are that it does usually require more bruising to get a deep impression. So that bruising is on the backside of the paper, the push through. Um, you're going to notice that a lot more on a cardstock. And the paper is, um, it has a higher risk to crack. So as you're doing these experiments, you'll see if you put a little more packing in there, even if your press like is still running fine, you may see cracking on the surface of the paper, which of course you don't want. Um, And then the last con is that it usually doesn't come in super thick options. So I know some card socks come in 120, but they're usually white. Yeah. I don't know too many 120 options that are... um, I only know of the uh, Mohawk Renewal line off the top of my head, and that's not really like a color range. It's really just three colors or, yeah. So that's the only one I can see. Color plan. So color plan does come in up to 700 GSM, which of course we need to. I'd be like, they don't have their conversion. Well, because 300 uh, GSM is what the, oh, hold on. 324 GSM is a Mohawk Superfine 120 pound. Yeah. Yeah, so 120 pound. But not all of their colors come in that thickness, though. Yeah. Okay, so color plan might come in something super thick. (laughs) Yeah, they might. And so that's the thing is, like, those super thick weights are not always readily available either because it's just not super common to use them. So, you know, paper mills are – 
doing business the way that we all do business, which is they're trying to make sensible decisions for them. And when they have so many colors to offer, they're not going to stock, you know, endless supplies of every single weight. So that is uh, the trouble, which means if you want something thicker than what you can get, you're pretty much going to have to duplex it either yourself or outsource that to um, someone else who would offer that service. Yep. Perfect. Um, Okay. So I did a little test for us to like look at while we're recording so we could discuss this kind of, you know, on our call. And then we'll share the photo with all of you lovely listeners over on Instagram, which is, as always, it's at Hot Off The Press Pod. Um, but Jillian, let's uh, let's discuss. So the papers in this photo are going to be um, there. I chose five different stocks that are, are very like they feel very similar in weight. They're about as close as I could get just with what I had on hand. So on the left is actually 110 pound fluorescent white, um, 120 pound Mohawk Superfine, uh, which is if you are printing with prints well, this is what they use as their uh, smooth 120 pound stock. Um, and they're double thick as the same material. And then I have a couple of Mohawk uh, key color lines, which is the matcha kind of green tea color in the middle, and then the old rose. And on the right is the Mohawk uh, renewal line in the hemp color. I believe it's hemp rough, and that's 120 pounds. So we have 110 pound, 120 pound, 111 pound, and 120 pound again. So they're all as close as you know you can kind of get. And when you look at them in, in person by eye, they all look about the same thickness. So I basically set up my press and I did a little bit of soft packing. Um, and then I set it up and registered it with the cotton paper. And then I used the, I just literally swapped out the paper. I changed no other settings, nothing else. And this is opaque white ink just because I wanted it to like really be obvious um, for and capture it on camera. So there is a little bit of a color on the white stocks for that reason. Um, it's also really interesting just like how transparent even opaque white is on those colored card stocks. Um, it was a yeah, light. Yeah, I totally thought this was a blind. Yeah, it's not a true blind, blind, but yeah. it's very, very light uh, ink. I did not heavily ink this because I was just doing it for this literal experiment. Um, so it's just mm-hmm. a hint of opaque white, and I think it gives a nice clean impression, and you really can't pick up any color on the colored cardstocks. Um, on the white, it is a little more like obvious. It's like slightly beigey um, when you're seeing it in person, but on camera- But I kind of like that because a, a blind emboss on white, I feel like sometimes gets lost. Agreed. Agreed. And that's exactly why I was like testing this. So I think like impression wise, they're pretty consistent across the board. You definitely see more of the impression. It's more obvious. Like the cotton paper is just, I think the word pillowy is exactly accurate. Like in between the little links, it's just more obvious that there's an impression there. On the back side Mm -hmm. of the paper, it's there's a little more bruising on the cardstocks, but not that much. It's pretty, it's pretty small amounts of difference on the backside. Um, so I would say comparing the cotton paper, 110 pound to these other ones. Um, if I were to print, if I were printing a job on colored cardstock, any one of these, I would definitely up the uh, packing material and I would definitely do more soft packing. And I think that would get you pretty close to the cotton paper. Um, what I will say is that like when we talk about double thick cotton paper, it's a landslide of difference. Um, then even if you had that 700 GSM cotton, like a color plan cardstock, 
the double thick yeah. cotton, like there's just so much more room in the paper for the impression that I just don't think you're ever going to get that amount of impression in colored cardstock. Um, I, I just don't physically think it would be possible without cracking the paper and all those other things. So um, with your standard thickness paper, I think that you can definitely achieve the same results or very similar results with colored cardstock than uh, as, as cotton. But when it comes to double thick, not even close. So that's my thought. Yeah. Yeah. The fibers are just softer. I mean, mm-hmm. like it just makes sense on, on like a yeah. science standpoint of it. You know what I mean? Totally. Like the, so card stocks are generally made from, correct me if I'm wrong, but wood pulp. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So right there, your raw material is already stiffer than a cotton would be yeah and then on top of that they're really like the manufacturing process like really pressurizes it into such a fine sheet yeah. you know what I mean like even if it is a thicker cardstock like there's so much pressure that goes into that so um whereas if you've you know and then even if we threw handmade paper into this mix like that is such a loose fiber that's so fluffy it's so soft Mm -hmm. um because there's very very little pressure going into the manufacturing that when you press into it it is just so fluffy yeah um so yeah it, it makes sense like why there would be such a you know difference between like 220 pound uh cotton and even like a 220 pound cardstock that you duplexed up and what I think is interesting about the lineup that I had on hand is that like looking at these three different products because the two in the middle are kind of the same right the the rose and the Mm -hmm. matcha um so the one on the right, the darker green color is made from hemp. And I don't remember the percentages uh of hemp that goes into this, but that line, the renewal line it gives you a different result than like the key color in the middle. Um, I think that that is like noticeably different. And then when it comes to the super fine, which is a smooth cardstock, it's very like non-textured, like even the key color in the middle has more texture than that stuff does. Like that I think is like the least of all of these when you're talking minute details, like that is definitely like, so even in the same mill, similar products, similar weights if not the same like you're already talking there's a dramatic difference a noticeable difference so when you're playing around with different card stocks for the first time like don't limit yourself to just one range or one product line try a few different ones and see what you like um because i think even among these mohawk tests it's like there's a world of difference right there um yeah so you know there is some there is some wiggle room and when you're considering like like you said about cotton paper like the hemp mohawk maybe that's why it's got a little bit better impression is because it's you know got that hemp as part of the the makeup so you know maybe you could find i know there's like some that are like um part cotton like not 100% cotton but some of them have cotton in them don't they there's lines like that. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, well, we'll talk about the different lines that we've tried um, and what we like from those. Um, so these are all the Mohawk key color renewal and the super fine, um, obviously in the photo that you're going to see. And then I've printed on a bunch of different French paper company. Um, the pop tone color line is actually one I use fairly often. I started doing a lot of my greeting. Like when I first started doing greeting cards, I was printing on the Pop, uh, the French Paper Co. Uh, Speckletone and their construction line. Um, 
because they're like the thickest. You can get them in 120 pound and 140 pound, I think. Um, so I've printed on quite a bit of French paper company and I think it's kind of comparable to, you know, the other results with the Mohawk stuff. Um, you know, is it perfect? No. Is it going like those different lines, even from French paper company, one mil again, same concept, like those different lines have slightly different results too. I like the speckle tone because of the texture. It's not as like smooth as the other ones. Um, and so I liked how that route, like that worked out. So I used that for a long time actually. Um, yeah. And then I've also printed on Strathmore, which is like a eggshell, uh, like watercolor texture paper. Um, and that does well too. Um, I found that that one doesn't handle ink as well. It like absorbs it differently and it has two different textures on either side. It's a little bit different. So like one side prints better than the other, but, um, yeah, that's kind of what I've tried. And what about you, Jillian? So as far as colors go, I've definitely done a lot of, um, key color and uh Gmund and color plan so at one point in time I actually made sample decks just to illustrate to any clients who might be interested in using color card stocks because I love adding a pop of color I'm all about it so I really try to encourage it um but I made these sample decks and um I basically took a light color plan and a darker Gmund and I had them at like their normal weight which you know is in the 100 range I know they're not the same but they're both like you know 100 in that lower 100 pound yeah and then duplex them just once so that it's two sheets and then duplexed it with a third sheet well triplexed it and just showing the difference in how that paper feels and how it takes an impression Um, So I really enjoyed doing that experiment and making those sample decks. And what I used was a details card that had a lot of text in it. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was really key for that experiment because when you have a lot of like small letters, you want to make sure that you're not getting any kind of smudging when you're pressing in and like the inking has to be really tight and um, you don't want any cracking or any of that. So um, yeah, like every single thing that you press will need its own uh, finessing, if you will. Yeah, I agree. And I um, also did something similar. I did a triplexed uh, pop tone uh, cardstock invitation once because I really wanted that like pink pink like I wanted like cotton candy pink and not like pale. I- so anyway, I did that and um other than triplexing something, which is a pain in the ass, uh, <laughs> it was great. I actually really loved how they turned out. And, you know, we've had this conversation before, Jillian and I, but I sometimes really like how cardstock inks. Sometimes I feel like yeah. it makes ink way nicer, way smoother, less like salt and pepper, you know, um, uh, graining to it. So sometimes cardstock can actually be really fun to print on. Um, and I know that there are like some printers out there who don't print on it and, um, you know, they don't print on, you know, anything besides their house stock, which is totally valid. People can, you know, it's their business, they can do whatever they want, but I actually really like printing on cardstock. I think the biggest difficulty when you're deciding on that for a job is like what thickness you really need. Um, because again, duplexing is a pain. Triplexing is a pain in the ass, <laughs> but yeah. 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 And um, I think it's worth noting that the cardstocks 
emboss really, really well. Yeah. So all of my, well, not all, I've done two embossing projects with cotton, but almost all of my embossing projects have been on cardstocks and, um, a wide range of weights. Mm -hmm. Like we did, um, some belly bands that were a light text weight paper. They embossed beautifully. We did a thicker cardstock for an enclosure. Those embossed beautifully. Um, I think I, yeah, I have embossed on like a metallic paper too. So like the um, star, is it star dream? Yeah. Stardust? Star dream. Star dream. Yeah. Yeah, the Star Dream line, which is also being discontinued, correct? <laughs> I think so, which is wild. They have, again, talking about color ranges that we really love, Star Dream has an amazing range of colors in metallics, just like Key Color has an amazing range of colors in non-metallics. Um, and for yeah. some reason, whenever you find something you love, they must discontinued it. <laughs> it's just like a law of nature. Like, ooh, I'm obsessed with this. I want to use it in my branding. I want to use it for all my main things. And goodbye. It's no longer You'll available. have nothing like it. Yeah. Oh, so annoying. Um, yeah. I do have a question for you, though, since I I pulled out my color plan sample booklet, and I've had several variations of these over the years, but Legion just sent me a new one. And I finally paid attention to in the very back, there is the embossing pattern. Yeah, all the textures. Yeah. Have you done? Because I, I would like to add that into a pro. Like, uh, as far as I know, Legion isn't going to offer embossing textures on any cotton papers. So like this could already get you one step up. If you have a platen press and you're not able to, um, really achieve those like, uh, full bleed kind of textural patterns in the background that a lot of people are able to achieve with a Vandercook, um, the color card stacks have some really cool textures that already come with it that well, are options. So. I wonder how this works because like I know like Nina, like their regular <laughs> classic crest, which you use like for office printing and like, you know, 100 pound, 80 pound cardstock comes in different textures like laid and linen and all of that. I wonder if like you can how much you could customize this and like what quantities. Well, I wasn't thinking customized. I was just thinking like there's already probably 20 here available to you. Yeah. That would immediately elevate your project. So if you were mixing and um, matching. Yeah. Or if you just, if you had the idea that you wanted to do something with like a textural background or something, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Sometimes you can make cool stuff yeah. out of the cool stuff that already exists <laughs> yeah. like I'm really obsessed with some of these it's the first time I'm actually looking at them and they're fantastic the leather one is super cool it's like way better than most leather um embossings that I see so that's also a pro I'm just gonna add that out there is that you can order it <laughs> with texture <laughs> All right, wait, I need to find your notes again because now I've clicked too many things. Okay, I'm back. Okay, so let's talk about some tips and some tricks uh, that can help you print on cardstock because um, we've kind of jabbered on about some of them, but let's put them on a list for you to uh, take notes on real quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I would say first, you know, um, use or at least play around with trying uh, soft packing versus hard packing materials. So soft packing, uh, I use like newspaper pieces um, underneath my like, uh, you know, registration 
I use acetate, but you might use tempin. So for packing materials, I like to have some newspapers, some softer stuff when I'm printing on cardstock. Um, if you're trying to avoid bruising uh, on the back of your sheet, then maybe you want to stick to hard packing, but play around with them and see what you like and what works well for you um, and the balance there. I have actually used a piece of cotton cardstock <clears throat> behind the color. Yeah. So cotton paper behind the colored cardstock um, as my packing, and that had has had really good results for me. Can I tell you something that may be controversial? What? One time I actually put shop, I use shop towels to clean my press and I actually put uh-huh. shop towel in as packing material once and it worked fucking awesome. <laughs> I don't think that, well, I wouldn't find that to be controversial. That sounds brilliant. Somebody listening will find it <laughs> controversial, but it, I don't think it would have lasted for a long time. Like if I was doing a bigger run, it probably wouldn't have worked well, but. Yeah. Well, hold on It here. worked. Oh, if we're going to approve shoving any kind of paper in there, shop towels are paper <laughs> towels. So like, I know, you know, well, they're not like, they're not textured like paper towels are. Right. Um, they're like smooth and they're kind of like thick and cushy. So I just, you know, I just, brilliant. It's brilliant. I mean, use what you got, you know? Um, technically I've used that vinyl as packing because it was just duplex to the back of my, True. Good I'll point, tell you point. putting, just something really cushiony under there. And like, I was shocked. I was really nervous. I thought the press was going to jam. I know I talked about that in our other episode for my hot off the press. But when I printed Mm -hmm. those uh, 220 pound duplex of vinyl, I thought for sure the press was going to lock up um, and I would have to back the platen off. And it didn't. And so I just ran with it. And that vinyl was like the most amazing packing ever that maybe I should just be putting a little piece of faux leather vinyl. (laughs) (laughs) I I think you could try shop towels first and see how that goes. Cheaper Um, for sure. Yeah, definitely cheaper and much more easy to come by. Although the, so what's interesting about the fabric though, is that the fabric didn't hold the impression. Like, you know, when you put, so my soft packing is typically magazine paper. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll throw in a couple sheets of magazine paper. I consider like computer paper to be kind of medium. Like it's not quite soft and it's not quite hard. Um, yeah. But so I'll do like a couple sheets of computer paper and then a couple sheets of um, magazine paper. But um, obviously like halfway through your run, like that – paper is already fully indented with the pattern that you're yeah, printing. Totally. Um, and as long as you're not changing that pattern, you're fine. You could keep going. But the vinyl, I don't know if it did that. Kind of bounced back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's interesting. And it, I mean, technically it would be fresh with every piece, right? That's really interesting to think about. I'll tell you what, I'll like exper- for the sake of the pod, <laughs> I'll run some experiments. Yeah, sacrifice some vinyl. Perfect. <laughs> Love it. Um, okay. So that's so- one. It kind of is too as well. So duplexing your paper to be thicker. So when we're talking about the 220 pound, you know, cotton paper, there's more room in that physical piece of paper because it's thicker for the impression, right? Yeah. So like Jillian's talking about with her vinyl duplex paper, that's like an extreme version, but uh, same concept, you know, the thicker your paper is, the more room there's going to be for impression, the more bite you're going to get. So you could try duplexing and doing like or getting a higher, you know, thickness of cardstock, like that 700 GSM color plan we talked about. So yeah. uh, duplexing or, um, you know, getting a thicker cardstock might be more effective as well. Um, really quick, 
what are your hard packing materials? Because I know what mine is and it's kind of funny. Mine's like chipboard. It's I actually have a couple pieces of press board and chipboard that I alternate with. Okay, so my hard packing is colored cardstock. <laughs> LOL, the irony. Because that um, is, it is me. hard. I find it to be harder than chipboard. Like to me, okay, so again, like, I guess I don't really know what people how people are determining what's hard and what's soft. But to me, I but go I think- by whether or not it like gets also gets bruised. So yeah. when I put a chipboard underneath and then I run a, a print, like if it's a print with a pretty decent bite, I see that print in the chipboard, but I almost don't see it in my 110 pound colored cardstock when I'm using it as yeah. packing. So I would say that press board and chipboard are two different things. And that's why chipboard is not necessarily like packing material right. approved packing material. Um, whereas press board is like made for it because you don't get an impression on press board. Like right. I've had the same piece of press board and you can't really tell what I've printed on it. Um, and chipboard is not that case and is not that way. Like it's, it's literally chips of paper that's just compressed into a sheet. Right. Right. Um, it's like particle board. Um, whereas press board is like layered and I think they're two different things. Yeah, so a hundred percent chipboard. I would say chipboard and, and cardstock are very similar in that aspect. Whereas chipboard and or cardstock and press board are not the same thing at all. So I think colored cardstock is valid. Um, you probably have to replace it pretty regularly, I would imagine. But I replace all of my packing really regularly. Yeah. And I the would... only thing I don't replace is my my press board. And that is something I literally I think I've replaced like once. Yeah. But I also have other packing material because my press requires it. <laughs> okay we're not gonna go down that rabbit hole but <laughs> okay what other tips and tricks <laughs> okay so the next tip is to use a metal plate versus photopolymer so obviously metal plates are harder um they're mm-hmm. gonna give you a clean and crisp impression and well print to begin with if you are someone who doesn't do deep impressions a metal plate is still going to give you a nice, clean, crisp print. But then when you go to do an impression, it's also going to be fabulous for you in that regard. I would also say that in addition to metal plates, uh, you know, the conversation is really metal plates or photopolymer or like lead or wood type. And all of those things are going to print a little bit differently. So again, you know, experiment with what you like, but you may have more success with lead type than you would with photopolymer. And as long as you're not damaging your type, um, you know, that's great. It will probably wear down a lot faster. So you definitely don't want to like over, you know, overdo it. But, um, you know, you could try that experiment with it and see what works and what doesn't. Um, But yeah, metal, metal plates or photopolymer plates are probably your best bet because you can really smash them. Um, But yeah. Yeah. Metal plates are going to just give you a crisp impression more so even than photopolymer. And you can usually get slightly finer lines depending on, you know, your, your production uh, person and their, their rules. But yeah, I recently yeah. Um, got my metal plates back from uh, a vendor who does the, my foiling for me. Um, they usually send back the plates with the project And so, like, I have this little stack of, like, metal plates that I can't use in my press because I don't have anything to, like, make them type high. So, um, once I figure that out. You just probably need to get a foil base that has, like, the screw holes or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, they don't, but they don't have any holes on them. 
the plates. Are they? Is it? Could you get a magnet base? Maybe. That might be a magnetic base. That might be what I need to do. Um, Interesting. But yeah, I would be so. I have not. I've never used a metal plate on my press. I have printed uh, the metal slug that I got from. Yeah. The 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 International Printing Museum. Um, It just says Studio Soprano. And I did print that on a bunch of cards at one point in time. But yeah. I've never used lead type on regular cardstock. I've only used it on cotton, so I can't attest to that. Actually, yeah, we used cotton in my class. I've used wood type on cardstock, but not for an impression. It was more it was more of like a kiss. Um, it wasn't set up for like a heavy bite, so that's kind of irrelevant. But yeah, honestly, whenever yeah. I use wood type, I'm not really going for an impression. Um, like a yeah. deep impression. I, I again. I agree with you. I think when you're using lead or wood type, you're really not trying to smash them and destroy them. Yeah. <laughs> you're trying, especially if you paid good money for them, especially like in the case of like larger wood type, you're like, yeah, I paid a fortune for this. I'm not going to just destroy it for a print job. A hundred percent. But when you're using something yeah. that's like either disposable or made just for that project. You can just reorder then, it. Yeah. yeah you when you can you. just reorder it if you need to, then have at it, I say. Um Okay, last tip we've seen, and this is not something we can take credit for because we saw it on a Facebook thread, but um, you could try moistening the paper. And they suggested, if I remember correctly, like uh, putting the paper that you're, the cardstock that you're going to be printing on in like a, like a hot box, kind of creating something with like steam, not just like spritzing the paper with water or anything like that. But um, so that could be fun. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to try that. I'll get my little steamer out or something. But um <laughs> I it makes sense. Um, I guess my concern would that be like you probably want to just barely, barely moisten it because then you're gonna have issues with inking and stuff. But um, yeah, or just warping, like it re drying yeah. and not being flat. Ooh, also fun fact. I mean, when my press was in the garage, I couldn't really print when it got too hot and humid because my like rollers and ink would be weird. But the paper always did really nicely, so that's fun to think about. Yeah interesting so there you have it hopefully um that helps maybe I mean, my garage is very well because it has not stopped raining in california so um my garage has been very humid lately and i've been getting phenomenal print results and i've never thought to contribute that to the fact that the paper humidity. might be moist yeah i mean even like i think even like a small amount of humidity is probably valuable when it comes to like getting an impression i don't know now our now our wheels are turning. We're coming up with all other experiments we want to try. <laughs> <laughs> I've been running my humidifier uh, for like a week next to my bed. In fact, this morning I woke no in the middle of the night I woke up and was like, Zach, the bed is wet. And he was like, What? And I was like, The bed, it's wet. The humidifier had just been aimed right at like my mattress and edge of my pillow. <laughs> oh no (laughs) it's just soaked too close soaked so anyway um now i'm like maybe i should take that downstairs and see what happens i've been very paranoid that the moistness from the rain is going to make my paper moldy or something i've been very paranoid i mean it's entirely possible um it's totally possible i would say you maybe don't want to store it out there for long periods of time but um it's the only place i store it well, we were know, looking I'm at like, getting you a should maybe dehumidifier. Habit. Yeah. Well, it doesn't yeah. usually rain in California. 
I know that's not usually an issue you run into, so I don't, <laughs> I don't know very what you should do. But rare situation that we're in right now. Yeah, um, it'll probably just be like that for this year, and then you won't have to worry about it for like five more years. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> we'll go back to our drought life. Yeah, exactly. All right. I think is that all we have. Anything you want to add? I think that's all we have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't really have anything else to add other than um. If anyone from any of the various cotton manufacturers are out there listening, we would love to talk to you about some potential Color. colors. Yeah, we have ideas, we have thoughts, we could take a vote from the crowd, whatever you need. But, I don't even need um, to vote. I do yeah. not even need to vote from the crowd. I already know like three exact shades of color that this world needs and I'm not going to share them right here I'm going to keep them I was literally just going to say I'm going to keep them and (laughs) I'm going to find someone to make these freaking color papers yeah that'd be great yeah (sighs) okay okay well um awesome hopefully that empowers all of you to go out and print on some cardstock and experiment with some more color in your print jobs And, um, yeah, it opens up a world of possibilities, you know, don't limit yourself to just cotton paper, um, play around with other materials and see what you like and, uh, see what you can make happen, even if it's not something that would typically be, um, you know, letter pressed on. So, yeah. Yay. Now let's talk about what has been hot off our press. Um, yeah, so hot off the press, I just restocked some of my like brighter color cards for my online shop. And I have note cards in a variety of designs that people like, but the little squiggles, I like, they're like kind of abstract, just a couple little squiggles. I have a few different squiggle letterpress plates and I just, you know, literally throw them on there in a way that I like. Um, and we had a conversation recently about printing like over, I guess it's called overprinting, right? Where mm-hmm. you're printing one color on top of another. So traditionally with digital printing it was cmyk right cyan magenta yellow black and overprinting those four colors allows you to get you know the whole rainbow of of colors and letterpress ink is naturally transparent um so the idea was like well i could just overprint and get the similar effect to cmyk right and it's hard to know exactly what those letterpress colors are going to look like because they're not just cmyk so it's i think really hard to replicate digitally um, I have four premixed colors that are one is a bright pink, a bright yellow, a bright blue, and a bright purple. So these little squiggle note cards are three colors. So one is pink, yellow, blue, one's purple, yellow, blue. And I actually really love how they turn out. And I don't know if it's just the pantones that I selected, but I feel like they really represent that CMYK value really well. So when they overlap, you have like the blue and the yellow make a kind of greenish color. The pink and the blue make kind of a purplish color. So um, I think that they turned out really great and I think they're super fun and my Etsy people seem to like them. Um, But I also think this is a great time to mention that if you don't already have premixed colors and you're printing a lot of the same (laughs) colors repeatedly, I cannot recommend it enough. I printed five different colors yesterday and I printed over a thousand, like 1100 impressions. And it all happened in like, I don't know, four or five hours, five hours, probably an hour per color sounds about right. 
because those colors were pre-mixed. I just threw them on the press and was ready to go. It's glorious. I cannot recommend it enough. Um, one of them was a grab bag from Southern Ink, which was like Harvest White. It wasn't even a color I selected, but I just like ran with it. And it's actually a really great kind of beige neutral color. Um, so that's a new product that I printed as well. I actually put an Instagram poll on stories the other day asking people if I should do colors or neutrals or pastels or neons because those are other things that I print with and um, the majority said neutral aesthetic so thank you everyone you now have note cards I'll be listing them in my store um, after this episode so by the time you hear it you can go buy them but uh, <laughs> shameless plug um, but yeah anyway so I think it's been really fun the squiggles uh, to me are just like a really for me it's a really happy print job because they're kind of like they're abstract enough that they don't have to be like perfect. There's no like alignment really. It's just like I put one squiggle on and the other two squiggles just have to kind of hit it in a similar, you know, like I want them to overlap a little bit, but not like completely on top of each other. You know, I want them to like cross and, and have their own anyway, whatever. So it's a really fun print job because it's so low pressure. Um, the colors are already mixed. I ink up the press. I throw a squiggle on there, like literally could probably close my eyes and tape it to the paper and be done um and then it's just a fun easy job and they're really cute so yeah I reprinted and restocked those and it was delightful I love it I love it I know I am finally taking this advice and I wrote down um I wrote down way more than like I would ever need but basically I picked all the colors that I print for better mail um and like the envelopes that I tend to try to match to And I found the exact Pantone matches that I wanted. Um, A few of them had like little tweaks, like I would want to add more yellow or whatever. But I figured Mm -hmm. even if like I get the Pantone as it is, like I can always add a little yellow if I need it. Um, But yeah, I did do that. So I'm all primed and ready to go. I just need to type up the email. (laughs) Yeah. So I originally... I originally ordered originally ordered these colors because I found these four envelopes that I wanted to like be my like brand colors for my greeting cards mm-hmm. and then I would just design around those colors. So I've actually had these pre-mixed inks for like I don't know, 2 years. Mm-hmm. And it was an investment initially. It's not that much more expensive than just buying new cans of ink, but um you know, you don't really go through ink through ink that fast. So to buy four new cans when you already have a whole new set is kind of crazy. But when I think about how much time it saved me in the last two years and the colors that I picked, if I add like a little bit of white or gray to them, I have a really nice array of pastels. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So like to me, it's like you almost get like I use them a lot of times if I'm printing a color that's like similar, I'll use that as the base and then modify that color to get where I want to go because I know exactly what those are going to look like when I print them because I've used them a hundred times. Um, so I really love having kind of a core group of colors that I use a lot. So if you have a product line like Jillian um, and you use something like colored envelopes that you want to match on a regular basis, it just saves me so much like trial and error and then when you reprint pot like products for either wholesale or like general customers they're consistent too which is amazing um yeah like I can just reprint my squiggles and the squiggles are all a little bit different and the purple is different than the pink and so I don't expect them to be perfect perfect but the colors are going to be consistent you know so um I think that's awesome cool um I'm actually going to change the one that I'm going to talk about because get crazy I'm getting crazy So 
the project that I had up on the press most recently was a better mail card and I sent Mariah a photo beforehand of the uh, page of the Pantone deck where it had like the exact shade that I wanted and then of course all the shades above and below and I said to her I said do you think if I mix the one above and then hit it twice I will get the one below because I wanted I wanted it to have depth of color so some of the elements are only going to get hit once and then some of the elements which are on another plate will get hit twice and it turned out that I actually needed to do um two hits on that second plate so overall like the darker pink had three layers of color on it but it worked out perfectly it really did yeah the lighter shade of pink was exactly the color I expected it to be the darker shade of pink was exactly the color that I expected it to be and had I gone ahead and just already had that color pre-mixed I mean that whole thing would have taken almost no time at all um but of course I mixed that ink that day but that's something that I want to start doing more I've definitely done it in the past um sparingly like I I played a little bit played around with it a little bit in my holiday cards of like you know layering different plates but using the same color and Mm -hmm. honestly like it's gonna be something that I start leaning on for two reasons one I freaking hate washing up the press so (laughs) whenever possible if I can just make a really beautiful aesthetic design but still have used the same color (laughs) Yes. Amen. 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 That is what I want to do. But two, I also really love a good monochromatic type of thing where it's all in the same color family. Like I've been doing it a lot with the lavenders because the lavender is so light. And then when I hit it twice, it just instantly gets more vibrant. And yeah, yeah. So it's just, you order, you know, several plates for the job, but you just use one color. And let me tell you, <laughs> it's yeah, so much I, more fun to print. Totally. Well, I mean, we're talking about basically two, like one concept here with two different variables is designing creatively for letterpress. <laughs> like yeah. whether you're using the same color or, you know, making the most use of a plate and just rotating it or whatever it is, like there's, there are so many ways to get creative when you're trying to be more efficient or get more out of like that one plate or, you know, maximize what colors you're going to order for custom extinct. Like we're designing creatively to make our lives easier, which is absolutely awesome. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, thank you. the experimentation we get to do is always really fun. So yeah, that's, that's great. That is true. And that's one of the best things about having a press in house. I mean, yeah, you know, we probably could have started our businesses and ran it, you know, the same way that many other stationers totally. do, which is design and then like outsource the printing. But for me, I would say my passion isn't really the designing as much as it is the experimental kind of journey that the letterpress process is always like even when you think like oh I've mastered this part (laughs) there's still so much more to learn I don't know if I'll ever think I've mastered anything again because I feel like every time you think you master it you're like the next print job is absolutely like a huge headache and you're like for some reason this plate just like won't 
get evenly inked or whatever it is. Like, I swear to you, like, no matter how like advanced you feel, all of a sudden there's a day where you feel like an absolute beginner and you're like, well, (laughs) I'm going to just go home and start again tomorrow. See if I feel better tomorrow about this. But yeah, I mean, I think that's, you know, that's what we love about the letterpress about being printers is that like, we get to experiment and try those things. And also like, we can just adjust it. Like when you print something and you're like, no, I wish this was a little like less vibrant or I wish it was a little more vibrant or I wish this was like a hint lower, like then fine, we can just adjust that. Like that's one of the best parts about being a printer for, you know, and a designer is that like we get to see our designs physically come to life, but we also can totally manipulate and adjust them throughout every step of the process, which is really cool. So yeah. yeah. Love awesome. It. Well, well Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And thank you listeners for tuning in to another episode. Um, We're always so happy to have you here. If you have not yet, we would love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And um, if you're not on Apple Podcasts, I don't listen to podcasts on Apple Podcasts, so um, if you are also not listening over there, just come on over to Instagram. Give us some love. Follow us. Send us a message. Let us know what you've been printing this week. If you've been having any fun with colors and layering colors. Um, yeah, we'd love to hear yeah. it. We'd love to hear from you. And if you have a fun project that you letterpress printed on cardstock, we'd love to share it with our listeners so they can see all the possibilities uh, that are out there. So be sure to tag us or send it to us. And um, yeah. Amazing. All right. Well, we'll (laughs) see you in the next one. Okay. Bye. Do you like sour candy? I do, yeah. These from Trader Joe's are absolutely delicious. They're like almost as sour as like Warheads, but they're like more pleasant. Mm. They're very good. Highly recommend. Trader Joe's candy is unparalleled. It really is surprisingly good. I agree. They're like little Scandinavian sour gummy swimmers are so good. I love all their treats. Like I feel like Mm -hmm. even their like chocolate covered pretzels are better than other chocolate covered pretzels. I agree. They have very good treats. (laughs) I'm really glad I had to bring that up the moment you started recording. Um, Can we we get a sponsorship by Trader Joe's? Oh my God. Can you imagine? That'd be the most valuable sponsorship of all time. I would love it. Trader Joe's, please sponsor us. Yeah. Please tag this into the end of the episode when you edit it, Jillian. (laughs) (laughs) If you're still listening to this, hi. Hi. Go to Trader Joe's immediately. Get snacks. If there's not one near you, fly to where there is one. The snacks are worth it. Immediately.